coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the Ayo Studio. Hey yo. Fade Route with D and Z. I am D. Got a great show for you tonight. Should the Cards trade the number three pick? Tampa Bay Rays are 11 and 0, and the Dallas Mavericks miss the playoffs. But we'll begin today's show with we are here. Here we are. The NBA playoffs. That's a season in itself. The never-ending saga. It won't be over until June, I think. The top seeds are set. And the play-in tournament's almost complete. We got some action tonight. There was some action last night. So, Z, who you got in the finals? How do you see this thing playing out? Well, the cream's going to rise to the top, as it always does. Now, the question is, who gets bumped off early? Who gets a scare put into them in the first round? Now, the Hawks, they're the seven. They draw the Celtics. They could put a scare into the Celtics. Can they beat them? I'm not 100% sure about that. But the Hawks can definitely put a scare in the Celtics. LeBron and the Lakers, they're the seven in the West. Can they do more than put a scare into the Grizzlies? I think so. I think they could actually win that series. Now, as far as moving forward and what we project into the finals it's hard not to see Golden State coming, not coming out of this again it's very hard for me not to see that because out of the West I don't trust the Nuggets they may get to the conference finals but I don't trust the Nuggets they haven't earned that yet I already said I think the Lakers could possibly knock off the Grizzlies Sacramento Kings haven't been in the playoffs in 20 years. This is a win for them. And Suns Clippers. Need I say more? Like, you got <laughs> Russ versus KD. How the hell did we get here? What a time to be alive. So, I, I could definitely see a scenario where the Warriors are back in the finals. And as far as who would join them out of the East, I gotta say it. It's the Bucks. The Bucks are that much better than the majority of those teams. I, it's very hard for me to not go chalk in the Eastern Conference where I see Bucks Celtics in the conference finals. And the Bucks will have just enough. So I definitely I see Bucks Warriors in my opinion. But you know, it's gonna be interesting. It's definitely gonna be interesting because who's coming out of this eight seed? Like, who is it going to be? Is it going to be Miami? Is it going to be Toronto? Because it doesn't look like it's going to be Chicago. It's going to be Miami. It's going to be Toronto. Who is it going to be? If it's Miami, that is very interesting. Miami, Jimmy Butler, you know, you have that kind of series in the opening round against the Bucks. That is very interesting. Nothing will come of it, but it will be very interesting. <laughs> now, you're looking at the Wolves need to go. Like, the Wolves need to go bye-bye. I'm sorry. After what happened the last game of the season and what happened against the Lakers, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves need to be off the stage. Like, the lights were too bright. 
They, they fell and they fell apart and melted down in the last the worst possible way. New Orleans Pelicans. Your best player is not going to play unless he feels like himself. If that's what we're to glean from his comments, and that's an alleged superstar comment right there. I'm not going to play unless I 100% feel like me. So that means you're never going to play. That leaves the Thunder. Thunder Nuggets. That that sounds like a sweep. There's a huge difference. There's a chasm there, and it speaks more. It speaks even higher to the fact that the Dallas Mavericks tanked the the end of the season. The NBA should come down very. We're going to touch on it in a second. I'm not going to totally shoot my wad on this right now, but shame on the Dallas Mavericks because they'd be they would draw the Nuggets in the first round. And they would put up a fight. They would actually put up a fight against the Nuggets. These other guys, I don't think so. But as of right now, I like the Warriors against the Bucks, and that's gonna be that's going seven. It's a coin flip going seven. Yeah, I mean, you can, I think you're giving a lot of I think you're giving a lot of credit to some of these some of these lower level seeds like. There's no fight in Dallas at all, other than no. fighting with the refs. I mean, I don't know what you thought they were going to do to a Nuggets team. Um, same thing with the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers had a tough time beating Minnesota last night, and they were without one of their guards, and they were out without Rudy Gobert. I mean, <clears throat> I can't imagine that Laker team taking on like a Suns team or a Warriors team. You say they're going to play well against the Grizzlies. I just don't see it. You know, the thing about the NBA, and I don't think it's like this in any other sport, is the best team wins the seven-game series. It's a seven-game series. For you to be able to beat a team in a seven-game series, I mean, that that's, that's the whole gist of the NBA. It's a problem with the NBA. That's why having eight teams make the playoffs is just a waste of time. Like, you're not going to see the, the Timberwolves beat the Nuggets. You're not going to see the Lakers beat the Grizzlies. It's not going to happen, man. What you might see is the Warriors beat the Kings, but in that situation, the Warriors are defending champion. They've done this a couple of times. They know what they're doing. Um, so, similar to you, I, I have a tough time finding a team in the West that is going to beat the, a healthy Warriors team in a seven-game series. Wiggins back, and Clay healthy, Curry healthy, Draymond healthy. I, I just I don't see I don't see there's a team there that can do it. And then no, looking at the all. East, looking at the East, I, I was tempted to pick the, the I was tempted to pick the Bucks as well. And then I was thinking about Boston. But you know what? The 76ers are deep, man. They've got a deep team. They've got guys that come off the bench and can straight up ball. And and Embiid's having an awesome year. And I think it all comes down to James Harden. And I think it's easy for anyone to look at that team and be like, okay, if it comes down to James Harden, he's going to be looking for his mouthpiece on the the court again. But I don't know. I just have a feeling that this year... I think he's going to play well. I think he's going to mesh well. They have a very favorable matchup in their first round against a Nets team that's just ain't shit. So they're going to go on to the next round, and then, you know, and then we'll see what happens from there. 
how many times are we going to get burned by Doc Rivers? How many times are we going to get burned by Joel Embiid? How many I'm not getting burned. burned by- I, I'm not getting burned by James Harden because I do. I do think he's a good player, and you know, Embiid comes to play. He plays well. Doc Rivers is a bum. I, I you know, I've always <laughs> said that. Like he could. He he likes to pump out his chest because he coached three Hall of Famers to a championship. Well, what happened in L.A. with the Clippers? We lost three-one series, I think, to the Rockets. I think there was consecutive years where he lost three-one series. So, yeah, I don't. He needs great players. He's got two really good players on his team. He doesn't have the third guy, so I can say something like, "Oh, maybe he doesn't have that third, you know, future Hall of Famer." But no, I like the Sixers' chances. I. An argument could be made for the Bucks. Totally agree with that. My only thing with the Bucks is they were, you know, they they've been there. I don't know if they really have it in them to get back there. And the Celtics has just been like, to me, they're just so up and down. Like you see them beat good teams, but then they lose the Knicks in a home and away series. Then they go to to Houston, they get slapped. You know, I their their coach. I mean, he. I think he got the job, but I don't know if he's really, really coaching them or if it's just the players that are playing well. J- Jalen Brown's future is up in the air. And they're a good team, but I just think, and against against the right opponent, they could be they could be compromised. Well, that's the thing with any of these teams. Like, there's not that one team because we're going to touch on. We're going to compare this to the NHL. We'll put this side by side. It's very difficult to match up a team with the Boston Bruins. Let's compare sports. Let's compare sports. Let's compare sports. The number one overall seed in the East is the Milwaukee Bucks. The number one overall seed in the Eastern Conference for the NHL is the Boston Bruins, who were head-to-toe for first through 18. Studs. Complete and total studs. Like, they don't have to even play their top two lines, and they can still drug people. Yeah. Whereas, if Giannis gets in foul trouble, and Middleton is having a middle-of-the-road game, who are you relying on? Joe Ingles? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I, Bobby Portis? Right, right. I, I do like Bobby Portis. I think Bobby Portis is a good player, but that's that's my whole thing. Is like they To me, they don't have... They don't have the depth that some other teams have. I don't, I don't, I don't buy into them now. I, I do love Drew Holiday, and I think they, their starting five is definitely legit. But I just think when you know if things got rough, if things got down to the fourth quarter, and Giannis is not available, I you know who's 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 taking the shot? Grayson Allen. No, he's he's delivering the shots. He's the one who's committing the, the yeah. flagrant foul. But um, Brooke Lopez, like that's gonna, you know, like who's a good player? He's a good, good player. player. He is a good player. But I understand what you're saying about the Sixers, but it's very hard for me to trust it after the fact that we've seen it so many times. No. So yes, the inter- the the James Harden factor is a little bit different, but we've also seen James Harden too. So. This, you know, it's it's hard to say that definitively. Yes, I, I'm going to put my eggs in the Philadelphia basket. I can't put my eggs in anybody in the Eastern Conference the way I can put my eggs in the Warriors basket. And you know, it, it's it's they've proven who they are. Stay-
step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. One team that has also proven who they are, the Dallas Mavericks. They're not in the mix anymore. You wonder why they're not in the mix? Because they sat Luka, they sat Kyrie, and they sat four other players against the Bulls, sealing their playoff fate and improving their odds of a top 10 draft pick because they still owe the Knicks a top 10 protected pick from the Porzingis trade. Oh, do you, do, you, do, you, do you feel that? Do you hear that? That sounds like tanking to me. How big of a mess does Adam Silver have on his hands here? I mean, we were I was texting with you, you know, last week and, and how the NBA is a joke. It's really just a joke. I mean, but the only thing in this situation, I, I can't blame them for not playing their guys. Um, I mean, yeah, it's messing with the, the sanctity of the game and everything like that. But, I mean, the NBA... You know, just just has they have a problem with guys not playing in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the end of the season, you know, you don't want to be making argument. You don't want people to get hurt. We got nothing to play for here. Um, we know who we are, kind of. Deal. So I'm not gonna. I'm not really upset with that. Um, but you know, this was a team that was in the Western Conference Finals last year, and now they're not even making the playoffs. Like I said this a few years ago, and everybody laughed at me, and I said this on the show. They should really explore trading Luka Dantich. and He can't win a championship with the team the way it's currently constructed. Okay? And you can't go from going to the Western Conference Finals to missing the playoffs after you trade all your players to go get Kyrie Irving. Imagine if they don't even re-sign Kyrie Irving, which... I, I don't know what dynamic the team is going to look like next year. So, you know, the NBA has a lot of problems. Uh, you think out of all the leagues, they have the most issues, and they just seem to gloss over and not address any of them. I think it's I think it's hard. It, it it's hard for to be a it's hard to be a casual fan of the NBA. And looking at the dynamic that's set up, right? It's like, hey, man, like if it's the end of the season, you want to go to see a Mavericks game, man, like four of these guys aren't playing? What is that? You pay full price for that ticket? Like, it's just a little ridiculous. A friend of mine, I know he goes to a lot of Nick games, and what he does is, is he sits outside the arena until he finds out who is playing on both sides of the team, right? On both teams, home and away. And then once that happens, then he goes on like Vivid Seats or he goes on StubHub and he picks up seats from people that just automatically are putting their 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 seats up because they're not going to the game because X, you know, X, Y, and Z is not playing. And then he goes in and then he walks all the way down to like the cheaper seats, uh, the, the better seats. Isn't that crazy? 
It's gamesmanship. That's what that is. It's major league gamesmanship. But you look at this. Like to your point, you hear that Doncic isn't playing, Kyrie isn't playing, you know, Christian Wood isn't playing. You know, you're Tim Hardaway Jr. They're they're your four best right there. Now you want to throw in, I guess, JaVale McGee. Like kind of really fun. Like who the hell, Reggie Bullock? Like you know, it's this is a this is a team that can't afford to do this kind of thing. So they were going in. Think about where they were when they made this trade. They were fifth in the West. That's wild. They were fifth in the West. And I was reading. I was reading something today where. Pelicans were like third or fourth in the West before Zion got hurt. They were number two. They peaked at number two. They were number yeah. two. And they now, fell apart because this guy can't. This guy can't stay healthy at all. No, no, he he is gonna. That was, this was the major concern that he would, you know, he would not be durable enough to play in this league. But to speak specifically about the Maverick situation, this is a major league crash and burn. And if I'm more Cuban, why the hell would I sign up for another year? Why would I? Because I, I traded so much away to get Kyrie Irving. Like, clearly, it was a bad fit. Well, what option does he have? What's he gonna do? What, he, what is he gonna do? You have to rebuild this roster, and the only asset you have is Luca. Oh, because Kyrie's yeah. walking. Kyrie's walking. And By the way, the Rays are about to go 12 and 0. Just so oh know. my goodness, my goodness! But the the one real asset, the one tradable asset on this roster that's going to get you actual like players, that's going to get you actual assets, is Luca, yeah. right? Reggie Bullock will get you a second. Tim Hardaway will get you a second or like a, an expiring contract. Javale McGee is a buyout. Markeith Markeith Morris might get you something, you know, but, you know, you're not rebuilding your roster by getting rid of those guys. Now, it's been, it's been steadily downhill since Dirk left. And it it goes to show you how much of a steadying force Dirk Nowitzki was in that team. I don't know if it's steadily downhill because they were good last year and they were decent the year before that. I mean, I'm a Mavericks fan. I like the Mavericks. But... You, at some point, you got to step back and look and say, okay, Luca is super talented and an amazing player, but he's he's not going to be able to get it done with the way the roster is currently constructed. And look at Trey Young. Trey Young barely made the playoffs too. That's my team, question. That was where team, I was coming to yeah, next. His team's better. His team. He's got a better team. There are better players on that team. They just need a coach. And now Snyder seems to be a decent coach. Once he has a whole year under his belt, it might be better. Well, Quinn Snyder, you know, he was not the problem in Utah. Clearly, Quinn Snyder was not the problem in Utah. But that was the question I was going to ask you. They were traded straight up for each other. Trey Young for Luka Doncic. Does Trey Young make the Mavericks a better a better team if they just kept Trey Young? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough to say. It's tough to say, but he's a lot better than I thought he was. And I think he's also made the playoffs more than Luca has. I think he's he's shown that he's the better team player. Mm-hmm. Individual talent, definitely Luca. But 
know, Trey's, if Trey's really figured out how to play and sustain himself in the NBA. The Mavericks need a shooter. Trey Young's a shooter. Oof. What do the Maver- Mavericks need a lot, man? They need the to Mavericks go back. need a lot. They need to go back to the formula that got them a championship, right? They need to have a big guy that mm-hmm. plays stellar defense. They need to have a guard that shoots the basketball. They need to have a a killer three-point shooter coming off the bench. They need a lockdown defender that can also be a playmaker. And then you need a star. Right now, all they have is a star. You know? So, and if you want to say Kyrie is could be a distributor, he could be, but he's also chucking up threes from, you know, all over the place. And, he, and that's okay. He could do that, but that dynamic, you can't have two guys doing that. They already got a guy doing can't have two guys doing that, you know, so. So, if know. you're Adam Silver, or, or you're investigating this, what are, you, what are you doing? Like, what are you what are you doing to the Mavericks here as a result of what we've seen? You could find them, I guess. I mean, I, it's hard to say, because if I'm Adam Silver, I'm looking at a whole bunch of other problems that I have right now that I have to figure out. Like, I've really got to figure out how to make my product better, because my product is dog shit just a dog shit product it's just it's not it's not worth anything at least i don't think so well that's the thing like oh you know beauty's in the eye of the beholder they sent attendance records this year attendance records this year all-time high but we we see it as a dog shit product and a lot of people see it as a dog shit product so which is true or are both true at the same time like well i think what you're getting is well i think what you're getting is you have people that love basketball Right, so if you love basketball, you're gonna watch basketball, and that's the whole. That's what I'm. That's what I was trying to say earlier. Is like, you're you're get you're getting diehard basketball fans. Diehard basketball fans are not walking away. If you're a Knicks fan, if you're a LeBron fan, Kevin Durant fan, you're watching the garbage. You're keeping track of the garbage. You're in a fantasy league. What you're not getting, and what I think is important in sports today, is you're not getting the casual fan. You're not getting the guy that's like, hey. I feel like going to a Knicks game tonight. Or you're not getting the guy that's looking, sitting down, watching TV, and be like, oh, I wonder how the Knicks are doing. Like, uh, game 56, that guy doesn't care. That guy turns it on and sees Jalen Brunson's not playing, Randall's not playing, changes the channel. Like, that's what I'm trying to say is you're losing that man. I don't like Rob Manford, and I don't like what he's done to baseball, but you can see what Rob Manford's trying to do. He's trying to get casual fans to baseball. He's he's done the opposite. He's like, he's realized, okay, I know people who love baseball are going to watch baseball. How do I get other people to watch baseball? How do I get young kids to watch baseball? How do I get more people in the parks? Oh, I got to make the game quicker. I got to speed it up. I got to, you know, I got to make it more, more, more for more balls in play. The NBA needs to figure that out. They need to figure out how to get the casual. You're not getting the casual fan. You're getting the the, the, the diehards, the love, I love basketball, I love these players. You know, because the thing about NBA is going to have to figure out soon is LeBron. LeBron's going to be gone in like two years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and then when LeBron's gone, then what? And then Durant, you know, he, he's clearly not the guy so 
But you know, we were just touching that gener that generation is going to fade off. They're, but they're banking on the Lucas. They're banking on the Trey Youngs, the Anthony Edwardses, the Donovan Mitchells. They're they're banking on that crop of player, the next level of player to ascend to the next level. But are those guys like generational superstars? I don't think so. But, but you know, they'll wait for the next great player. But that that's just. That's the cyclical nature of it, right? Between, I mean, you had to wait a while. Jordan hung on too long, but Jordan in his prime, and then LeBron arriving, you had a guy like Kobe, right? You need some, you need some guys to kind of pepper the way through. And I, I don't know if the NBA necessarily has that echelon of player right now. They're banking on Wembenyama. Like they're like desperately hoping that Wembenyama seems legit. Seems legit, and also they could hit from Alabama if he doesn't get arrested. Seems a bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's your one-two right there. But um, you know, enjoy Houston, enjoy Detroit. Like you know, that that's the that's the issue right there. So you know, that that's great for the it's great for the Pistons if they can get Wembenyama and, and Kate Cunningham. But you know. We'll see what the NBA, you know, are team are people going to turn in, tune in, and watch those markets. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Pop Stars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events: birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events store openings or just because Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art creating decorative installations for your special occasions no event is too big or too small and their custom personalization service is top notch Westchester Popstars is a private studio quickly expanding in person consultation is by appointment only send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment no need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester pop stars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. And perfect example, right here, right now. Who has the best record in Major League Baseball right now? We're two weeks in, and who's got the best record? Yankees? No. Dodgers? No. The Tampa Bay Rays. Sons of bitches did it again. <laughs> the sons of bitches did it again. What do we need to do to stop being surprised by them? They're good. They're 12 and 0. Yeah. They just beat the Red Sox 9-7. Wild. Um, I think we need to understand that the game of baseball is a numbers game. It doesn't have anything to do with the names on the backs of jerseys and has everything to do with on-base percentage, pitching to contact, scoring runs, getting on base. It's great to see them above the Yankees, above Boston, who 
have payrolls. I wrote this down. The Yankees have a $344 million payroll. Toronto's got a $210 million payroll. The Orioles actually have a $64 million payroll. Interesting enough. So, you know, that that's, they, they, they aren't the lowest in the division, but it's nice to see them on top of those guys and showing that it's, it's, it's about heart, it's about determination, and understanding how the game of baseball is played. I mean, it's a it's a credit to the front office, right? They draft well, they trade even better. Like, they know what they're doing. They maximize what they do best. Now, look at if you look statistically, right? Let's look at pitching wise. Lowest ERA, lowest WHIP. They don't give up runs and they don't put people on base. Sounds like a sounds like common sense, right? Yes. If you don't give up runs, you don't put people on base. Your team is generally going to win. They have the fifth best batting average. Okay. You know, batting average is an antiquated statistic, yada, yada, yada. We go over it all the time. Okay. Let's go to something a little bit more modern. Who has the highest OPS? The Tampa Bay Rays at 944. Who has hit the most home runs in the major leagues? Tampa Bay Rays at 29. So there are they are maximizing what they do best. And how many times, how many people have they cycled through, right? You had Austin Meadows. You had, you know, go way back. Evan Longoria, Carlos Pena. You've had, go go all the way back to when they first ascended. They've had players come through there and they've moved them along and brought in the next wave of players. They brought in the, the Brandon Lowe's and the Luke Rayleigh's. And getting Randy a Rosarena, right? They're making smart additions. But as long as they maintain this, as long as they understand and stick to this identity, they're constantly going to be a success. Like, there is nobody on this roster in terms of the rotation, right? There's no, like, there's no identifiable... Yeah, he's the guy. Right? Shane McClanahan's supposed to be. Hasn't been so far. You know, when Tyler Glass now comes back, he'll be the guy. But there's a lot of guys that are like, who the hell is that? Your Colin Pochets, your Rasmussens, your Springs, Kevin Kelly, Jalen Beeks. They just had Taj Bradley make his major league debut. These are deep dives. A lot of them are deep dives. And that's a credit to scouting. That's a credit to the front office. And that's a credit to understanding that, you know, this is the new money ball. They can't compete. Because asses don't get in the seats in Tampa Bay. So how do you beat them? You beat them by figuring out how to put a team on the field that doesn't make mistakes. And the Rays do not make mistakes. Nope. Nope. They get it. They absolutely get it. But my question is this. Is it sustainable? Obviously, 12-0 is not sustainable. But over the long term of the season, how good can this Rays team be? So I do think it's sustainable. I mean, it's hard to believe that all of a sudden they're going to lose like a 12 in a row. Or or they're going to fall behind the eight ball here. I think they keep it going. I don't, I don't foresee them getting disrupted by anything i'm not saying 
they're not going to go 162 and 0. But I'm just saying, like, I think they can continue to win games against tough opponents. I don't think the Yankees or the Orioles or any other team, like, they don't care. Like, they, they, they really don't care. It doesn't doesn't matter who's walking into that shithole of the stadium or whatever town they go to. They went to the World Series, right? They went to the World Series the COVID year and lost to the Dodgers, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. They've been there. They've absolutely been there. And the model... The model still works. And they're just going to keep... Like, the next guy is probably going to be Glass now. Right? So he's the biggest name. He's going to end up earning the most money on this team, not named Wander Franco, who they already locked up. So that's the thing. They'll lock up guys early on team-friendly contracts, which is another thing that's why they're able to sustain so long because they didn't have to pay Evan. They paid Evan Longoria early, so they didn't have to worry about the inevitable inflation. So, and then they moved him along to San Francisco. So... No, Last I mean, was probably and Meadows, remember? Meadows. Yeah, they moved him to Detroit. Like, <laughs> Anytime, you, you got you to gotta worry when the Rays call you for a trade. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> got this guy in low A. He throws 97, but he's all over the place. We want him. I'm not so sure. I'm, I don't want to give him up. Like, now I have to think twice. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Need a little inspiration in the kitchen? Want to try something new? Or maybe you just need a new YouTube cooking show to binge? Well, I have the answer for all three. As You Eat It, hosted by me, Z. I invite you into my home and show you methods designed to empower and inspire you in the kitchen. Cook how you want to cook. Eat how you want to eat. Eat as you eat it. That's As You Eat It, available only on YouTube. AZ. You eat it. Check it out and let's get cooking. Transitioning over to the NFL, where a mercurial superstar finally has a new home. No, not him. The other guy. The Ravens. Yes, the Ravens have finally signed a number one wide receiver. They signed Odell Beckham Jr. to a one-year $18 million contract, $15 million guaranteed. You're Mr. Raven, so I will cede my time to you. Is this the move that will keep Lamar Jackson in black and purple? So, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Like, I really don't understand what, like, I thought Aaron Rodgers was calling for Odell. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Lamar saying anything about Odell back The guy had two ACL surgeries on the same knee. I mean, I don't even, I don't even see him rehabbing. All I ever do is see him at NBA games, lobbying for jobs and for football on football teams. But he doesn't even seem like a Raven. He doesn't fit the profile of a Ravens receiver or a Raven. Uh, I mean, I didn't think both of both of these guys are going to be missing time in November and December. Um, and then if that's the case, then why did you trade Hollywood Brown? Like, what was that all about? Why can't you go get DeAndre Hopkins? Why are we? Why are you going after this bump? And who is in the market for this man? He was trying to get on a team all of last year at the end of the year, and nobody wanted this guy. 
why are they throwing in 18 million dollars 15 million with incentive like why who who else is interested let them have him we don't even have a quarterback we have no one to throw him the fucking football <laughs> oh this move would have been good three seasons ago right how yeah. many how many years have we been saying get this man a number one wideout we said Julio right that was the guy now Hollywood Brown okay now off of two ACLs and a year off he's trying to he's just trying to get back into the league at this point who are you betting who are you going up against the Jets weren't going to pay him 15 mil guarantee no way absolutely no way and look at your look at your core right look at this you have Duvernay who's okay you know he, he had a, some he had some good moments Bateman Crochet and eh, what a Crochet and Nelson you brought in Nelson Aguilar and now Odell Beckham Jr. it's still not good now you hoped when you brought in the new offensive coordinator you're going to try and move away from the run a little bit because it was so run dominant that it became predictable now you'd hope to diversify your offense here but you got to think that they're going to be drafting a wideout another one you kind of you kind of figure that's where they're going because yeah they have who, to, yeah who's the number one here like Odell Beckham was four years ago three years ago not now I mean, Beckham may very well be good, but all it takes is one bad step and his leg's going to explode again. It's going to happen. There's not a doubt it's going to happen. I I have no confidence in this man's ability to play football. And he's a cancer to a team. You think it's a good idea to bring him to this team? But they're a running football team. You're going to bring this guy? Like, what what has he done to show? You know, I, I don't... I, and this is such a weird move for them. They're just—they're never this careless. This is such a careless move. Like, who be worried about the Jets getting him? Let the Jets have him. Who cares? What's going on with Rashad Bateman? Isn't he still on the team? Is he—is mm-hmm. he no good? What's wrong with that guy? Still don't know if Rashad Bateman's any good. Still don't know if Devin Duvernay's any good. The problem Duvernay is, is said, good. I like Duvernay. He's okay. He's not great. But the Baltimore Neither is Odell Ravens, Beckham Jr. <laughs> well, not anymore. Not anymore. Not on a rebuilt leg. But the best receiver on this team is Mark Andrews. Let's be real. Let's let's call it what it is. Mark Andrews is the best receiver on this team. But how many Pro Bowl wide receivers have they had who weren't kick returners? The Ravens have had zero. And they had Steve Smith at one point. So that goes to show you that Baltimore is where wideouts go to die. No, don't be that way. It's not Chicago. That's Chicago. That's <laughs> fucking Chicago. Don't 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 say that. That's not true. That's not true. Steve Smith had a great career there. I can't name the last time a great a receiver had a great career in Chicago. <laughs> uh, mm, yeah, no, I can't really. I can't pick one off the top of my head either. I mean, Devin Hester is a kick returner. That's the that's the issue. But uh, yeah. It, that in Arizona. Arizona's where, you know, older wideouts go to kind of, you know, kind of settle in the pasture. But things are moving up. 
Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. We are two weeks out from the NFL draft. Quarterback needy teams are calling the Arizona Cardinals about the number three overall pick. If you're the Cardinals GM, what will it take for you to move the pick and who's making the move? Ooh. All right, so... <laughs> I mean, uh, if I'm Arizona, I may be in the market for a quarterback myself. But no, I'm play, I'll, play the, I'll play along. So if I'm the GM... I want to swap ones, you know, with you. Um, I want next year's one, next year's two, and then I want either a third rounder or a player. I want either a player or a third rounder in 2025. That's what I want. And now as far as, you know, who should be in the market for this, I mean, there's a lot of teams that should be willing to make this this play and I and quite frankly I'm surprised you know what I'm very proud of the Atlanta Falcons they really they made some moves man because good luck passing on that defense next year they went good Jeff Okuda the the number three three over pick in the 2020 draft they they also added uh, Jesse Bates the safety they got Calais Campbell from the, the, the Ravens they got Mike Hughes at corner, and then they got another tackle in o- Onimata. Onimata. Good luck passing on them next year. So I was gonna say the Falcons, right? But they seem like they're 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 sold on Desmond Ritter. Um, but I mean, you, you, I mean, you gotta if, if you're if the Washington Commanders, you really sold on Sam Howell. Is that really your guy? I mean, you've got a chance to get the face of the franchise this year. And maybe for low cost. I mean, if you're if you're a team that's, you know, wants your pick of the quarterback, because now I'm even hearing Houston might not even take a quarterback at two. I don't know what they're gonna do, but I heard they're not they might not even take a quarterback at two. So now you're gonna get your pick a quarterback. I mean, gosh, it's so enticing. I don't know, I think it's hard to pass up. It's very difficult, you know, like, in reality, who are you trying to jump? You're trying to jump the Colts. Yeah. the Colts right. are right. dying for a quarterback. They're right. desperate for a quarterback. Carolina's going to take one. We've established that Carolina's going to take one. Houston, obviously, Taylor's thinking, you don't know what the hell they're thinking. They took Daryl Stingley when they could have taken Sauce Gardner. They could have taken, you know, there are lots of things they could have done. I'm still not but, sold on Sauce Gardner. I still think I that Houston did the right thing. I like that trade. I like that player. I know. Stingley's okay, but I don't know if he was, I don't know if you, you could have gotten him later. But if you're looking at it, right, Houston has so many holes. But Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Herndon is moving up, right? Herndon is moving up draft boards now. It's, you know, there's plenty of stuff there. I wonder if people are going to be enamored with Bijan Robinson and would they value him that high? Because the last time somebody went that high was Saquon Barkley. 
So I don't know if they're going to value Bijan Robinson at that height. I know the Cowboys are enamored with him, but I think you're moving up for a quarterback. Well, they traded, they got rid of Zeke. So I figured Bijan plus Tony Pollard might be a good move. But yeah, you're, if you're moving up, you're moving up to take a quarterback. Now, who's going to do it? Seattle just ain't Gino, right? Do they need to go? Do they need to jump the Colts? No. The Lions have got for at least a couple more years. Do they need to jump the Colts? Gosh, imagine if imagine if the Falcons are able to get Robinson at eight. Mm. Wow. Wow. That would be that'd be a coup. That would be a major coup. Like the Raiders. That's interesting. See, I the, think Raiders the Raiders are interesting. Yeah, the Raiders are interesting. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I mean, they had Jimmy. They, they they did ink Jimmy, but... you got to think that they're going to take... the. I would think they were going to take the quarterback from Kentucky, Levi. Yeah, I would think it would... I think it would be... Will, I think it would be Levis, possibly. But um, you got to... I mean, Tennessee at 11. I mean, yeah. I, I, if they're set on a particular guy... They're going to need to get up. And to go from 3 to 11, from Arizona, I'm thinking a 1, 2, 2s and a player might be enough to go from 3 to 11. 2, 2s and a player. That's cheap. That's cheap. cheap. It's possible. But you don't want to go, like, too, too much. Because then you don't want to price yourself out. And then all of a sudden you have to take somebody. But there's plenty of talent here. I mean, they could take... You know, they could just keep the pick if they were so inclined. They can just take Will Anderson Jr. They could take a Jalen Carter if they believe in Kyler Murray like they say they did. Now, I'm just saying they could take Bijan Robinson. They could turn around and take Bijan Robinson. So they don't necessarily have to, but I mean, I'd be I'd entertain that pick. Like I would entertain that, but. Tennessee looks like a team that would do that. Green Bay could move up. But, it, you know, it all depends on if they seal the Aaron Rodgers deal and maybe they can spin some more assets and move up so to they got Will. They got Will Levis going 11 to the Titans now. Mm. Mock drafts. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, a lot of time between now and then. But, um, you know, if they like if, if they like Levis, if they like a particular guy, like if if Richardson goes one, right? And they have an opportunity to get young, Tennessee's gonna make that trade. And Tampa's another team. Tampa. Tampa's yeah, absolutely. Team. I mean yeah. people are saying the Vikings, I, I don't know if the Vikings are gonna take a quarterback. I'm like the people are trying to link the Vikings to a quarterback. I don't know. And if they are, it'll be like Herndon. It'll be somebody like later in the first round. They're not going to move up. But if you're looking at a team that's desperate, because let's be real here, Tannehill, Malik Willis, that's something to write home about. You're, you're turning around handing the ball off to Derrick Henry. The window's closed. The window's absolutely closed. So if you want to jumpstart a rebuild and if you want to jumpstart, you know, your ascendance back up that division, from what I see, Tennessee might be the the only team that's going to make the move.
to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at faderoutednz. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. It's time for the mail route on the fade route. If you want to get featured, hit us up. FaderoutMail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs at FaderoutPodcast on IG or drop us a line on our Twitter page at FaderoutDNZ. All right, boys and girls, we have a full mailbox here today and if you want to get your email read on the air hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast or drop us a dm on twitter at fade route dnz our first email today comes from nick in bogota new jersey welcome nick new to the show hey guys John Rahm took home the green jacket for the first time, but the bigger story at the Masters was the leaderboard. Three of the top six finishers were live golfers. Is a merger inevitable? Raptors eliminated by the Bulls, by the way. Bulls oh! Rally. Bulls rally. Um, so, so yeah, I, yeah, so yeah, I do think a merger is inevitable. I just don't know how soon it's going to be. I don't know if we're talking about three years, six years, or ten years. Like, I do think a merger is going to happen. They've got too many stars in the Live Tour. And guys like playing on the Live Tour. And they're getting a lot of money for playing on the Live Tour. So, yeah, I, I would say I would say so. It's a matter of time, you know. It's definitely a matter of time. Because you have Phil Mickelson, Cameron Smith, Dustin Johnson, Matthew Wolf, Taylor Gooch, DeChambeau. Brooks Kepka, Patrick Reed. Those are household names. Those are household names. And for three of the top six to be live golfers, the only impediment to this merger is Greg Norman. Greg Norman and his vendetta against the PGA. That is what's keeping this from happening because there's a lot of money here. There's a lot of money in a merger. And there's a lot of money to be made in golf, right? With the, it's very much like the AFL, NFL. Liv has done some things spurring the PGA to make moves. These no-cut events, like that's important. Like guys want to be involved in no-cut events. Golfers want that. So... These are some things that are going to happen in the future. It's just a matter of time. And they've already started happening to some degree. But in order to get these guys back in the fold and to have the best of the best at every tournament, a merger needs to happen. Now, how long that's going to take, I don't know. Is it going to get contentious? Absolutely, it's going to get contentious. 
But John Rahm had a stellar weekend. He did finish 12 under par for the tournament. So let's not bury the lead here. John Rahm did a, you know, a hell of a job. But the best of the best, this go-around came from the lift. And you look at a guy like Jordan Spieth, finished tied for fourth with seven under par. Right? He's going to be around. Rory's going to be around usually. Scotty Scheffler is going to play a lot better than he usually did. Than he than he did this go around. He finished tied for tenth, but it, it's almost it's time to bring everybody back into the fold. Those guys are too good, and the competition is too good. So, might as well go ahead and do it. Email number two comes from Frank and Paramus, a Jersey-centric show. What's up, guys? Anthony Volpe looks overmatched so far at the plate. When is it time to send him back to Scranton? I think you and I disagree on this, but I think it's I think it's now. I mean, I know it's only been like two weeks in the season. But he looks, he, he, first of all, he looks a lot smaller than I thought. He looks like a small dude. Um, he's getting overpowered by the fastball. And um, I think he's, I think he has a lot, I think he has a lot to learn. I mean, he's only been 31 at bats. 31 at bats. He's four hits and 31 I mean, at bats. He's batting better than Aaron Hicks, but that doesn't really say much. <laughs> <laughs> He's also get paid, getting paid a lot less than Aaron Hicks, but everybody um, is. Everybody, everybody is. Everybody is, and they know how many outs there are. So <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there, muck. But you know, you got to give him some time to get his feet underneath. Him. He's already 31 at bats, right? You give him 100. That's what a couple more weeks. You give him till the beginning of May. If he's still not cutting the mustard, send him down for, to AAA to get some seasoning. I think that's fair. The problem is, is that Lemayhew's now hurt. Glaber Torres didn't start today. Kyron Falefa is playing third because Donaldson is hurt. Damn Z, you want to give him a hundred at bats? That means he's got to go another two or three weeks. Let him go another two or three weeks. It's not like they're loaded in Scranton either. You kind of need you kind of need him right now because the infield is so depleted. <laughs> like Rizzo is the only one that's healthy. Wolfie's not hitting, but then you know you only have Rizzo, so Strike, they kind of don't have out, striking out a lot though. Yeah, he Obviously is, that. but yeah, it's, it's and uh, no no RBIs. And I don't know. Yeah, to me, I'd send him down. He's batting 143. I don't want this kid to lose his confidence. At least if I send him down now, it's like, all right, you know, you got to wet your peak a little bit. Go down go down there for a month. And come back. Yeah, I mean. Wait longer, it could get worse. You could be Aaron Hicks batting 091. I mean, he could. But at the same time, he could also work his way out of it. But if you're, you're looking at... I mean, the only person that I would consider bringing up and swapping him out for is Peraza, right? You, you're only you're gonna swap top, top prospect for top prospect. Now, what happens if Peraza struggles? 
Like now your two top prospects are both in AAA, both trying to get their themselves settled. And then you'll have a guy like Woomer Defoe coming up who can't so hit. He's got so he's got he's seven, all gloves, no bat. He's got seventeen more at bats than Aaron Hicks. But Aaron Hicks has managed to score two runs, get three hits, uh, walk once and only struck out five times. He's batting 167. It's still early. Stats don't mean anything right now. You, in, in a month, it could turn around very quickly. You have guys that are playing phenomenally right now, like Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds can fall back a little bit because he's playing on to, out, of, out of his mind. You remember Chris Shelton? He used to play for the, the Rangers and the uh, Tigers. Hit like a dozen home runs in April one year. And then he was back in AAA by June. Is it Jared Kelenic up? Kelenic's up, yeah. Kelenic's up with the Mariners. Yeah, so that's oh, a that's a perfect. Yeah, comp. he is. Look at the, oh, this is a comp, and this is a guy that got sent down. He's batting three fifty one, five runs, thirteen hits, five RBI, four walks. He's still striking out a lot though. Three home runs and two stolen bases. He's still striking out. Strikeouts. We we value strikeouts less in this day and age. Like that, people don't care. Hitters don't care if they strike out a lot. It's so it's mind-boggling to me. But hitters don't care if they strike out a lot. But the one thing, the the on-base percentage, it's not great. It's only two fifty for Volpe. So if he can be more patient, if he can work the count, and he can, you know, if he can get a little bit lucky with balls in play, it could turn around quickly. The, the pressure is there. Like, we noted that the pressure was going to be there. Like, he got the endorsement of Derek Jeter, you know? Like, that's that means something. Like, he's supposed oh, to be the God. heir apparent. Ah, just hear me out. Like, expectations matter, you know? This is Mickey Mantle, right? He was supposed to be the next Joe DiMaggio, and they gave him number six. Like he was supposed to be next in line. Like these th- these things are ceremonial, like or we think they're ceremonial, but they have a, a big mental stress. It's a big mental stress, and he may not be ready now, or he's just in a slump and he needs to make an adjustment. Give the kid a chance to make an adjustment, and he may very well surprise us. Who's to say? You got to give him time before we, you know, before you declare him an all-time flop. Email number three comes from Charlie in Worcester, Massachusetts. Hello, Charlie. The Boston Bruins have set the all-time record for points in a single season. Should we just start engraving the cup now? You know, in hockey, usually the best team doesn't win. But I think the last team that kind of set this record was Montreal, right, in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. and they actually did win. Um, man, it's hard. Um, they've just been so dominant. They've had their foot, like, on the throat of this league just all season. Like, they don't they don't let up. They're as advertised. I saw a goal yesterday against the Capitals, or two days ago, whenever they broke the record. Mm-hmm. One of the defenders dove on the floor to try to stop the goal 
the player passed it over him <laughs> right to um, one of the open guys next to the net, got the goal. Amazing. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, they're just so in sync with one another. But let's talk about teams that could clip them, right? I do think the Rangers could clip them for sure. I think the Maple Leafs could. I think the Lightning could. I think the Devils could. So there are teams out there that could definitely clip them on the way. But, you know, they're, like you said, they're going to wind up playing the Islanders in the first round. That's going to be a wallop. <laughs> like it's just going to—they're just going to send them on their way, they give them a nice little boost. But I—I um, I would say I'm taking the Bruins. No, absolutely. It's—it's it's Bruins versus the field. As a Ranger fan, I'm never going to take the Bruins. Obviously, I want to have—I want my team to be there at the end, and I think they—they they do have the best chance to do it but let's think about let, let's go back to what you're talking about the 76 77 montreal canadians had this record they were 68 and 12 for the season Great. something something like that it was ridiculous in hockey in hockey yeah yeah it was 68 and i forget you know there might have been like 10 or something like that but it was just absurd absolutely absurd but how many series will they have to play? That's the thing. Montreal had to beat the Blues, the Islanders, and then the Bruins. So they had to play three series. The Bruins have to play an additional series. So that definitely is going to make a difference. Not to mention, the Islanders, you know, they're not going to be able to match firepower with the Bruins. But they play hard. If there's one thing you can't knock the Islanders on, the Islanders play hard. They play physical. They're going to they're going to go at the Bruins with everything they got. Now, could that they soften them up? Absolutely, they could. Anybody left, with the exception of probably the Panthers, a softened up Bruins team can probably be clipped by anybody. So, Rangers, absolutely. Devils, they're young, but it's possible. Lindy Ruff's got them playing the right way, and their captain, Jack Hughes, is legit. Carolina's Carolina. They're there every year. Carolina is an Eastern Conference institution at this point. Toronto would shit or get off the pot. Hey, I'm sick and tired of talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> like, for God's sake, do something. Do something. And then Tampa Bay. Like, Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay. I'm not doubting Tampa Bay. Any of those teams can knock off a weakened, uh, weakened Bruins team. But the Bruins are formidable. Would it surprise me if they get if they make it all the way to the end? No. But we've seen this story before about juggernauts making it to a certain point and they just can't go anymore. Even, that's sports. Eventually, you can only do so much and your body gives out. Or the luck changes, like the, the worm turn, as it, as uh, they like to say. And, you know, it's an incredible amount of luck and skill. But it's only a matter of time. Like, Post- David Pasternak had 60 goals this year. Like, eventually, right, eventually these things dry up. Look at Chris Kreider last year, had 50 last year. 
he was okay in the playoffs, but he wasn't scoring at the regular season clip. Olmark, is he going to stay riding on this level, or is he going to slide back? Who's to say? We don't know yet, but it's going to be a hell of a it's going to be a hell of a postseason in hockey, and I am looking forward to it all. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. time you know what time it is it's time for the alleged superstar of the week you know how it goes you put up a poll on our twitter page at dnc and you vote and you vote and you vote and you vote and the winner of said vote gets a shout out on this here show and the coveted ass trophy d do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week they don't one mr anthony rendon that guy called me a bitch you called me a bitch. <laughs> yes you did Yes, you did. I did. Yes, you did. And what? And what? Swatted at him, got four games. You call me and apologize in two days? <laughs> oh, my God. That was last week. This was this week. Who are your alleged superstar of the week nominees? D. Okay, so first up, I've got the Lakers going to overtime against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who were without one of their guards and without Rudy Gobert. I, I mean, it's just so disappointing to see a team with that much talent barely beat a team that doesn't even deserve to be playing in a play on, playing game. Los Angeles Lakers, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, the Baltimore Ravens signing Odell Beckham Jr. to an $18 million deal. The dude had two torn ACLs in the same knee. Nobody wanted him last year. Who were you competing against? Why did you trade Hollywood Brown? These are all questions I have, and that's why you are my alleged superstars of the week. And last, and certainly least, Jimmy Butler in the Heat. Losing to the sorry Hawks at home (laughs) after guaranteeing victory. Guys, you're the Miami Heat. You're supposed to turn it on when it comes to the playoffs. Awful, awful loss. Jimmy Butler in the Heat. You are my alleged superstars of the week better just do better Z what do you got all good choices all very good choices I'm going to start with the the Timberwolves collectively yes you melted down the last game of the season Jaden McDaniel breaking his hand Rudy Gobert 
shoving Ryan Anderson in the chest. It looked like a punch got suspended. All because he was saying, get a fucking rebound. Why don't you block some shots? Why don't you get a fucking rebound? Bitch. Why does everybody do their job? Right. How about we stop calling each other bitches? Right? Anthony Rendon called somebody a bitch, swiped at somebody, got suspended. Now, where'd he go bear? Went after somebody who called him a bitch, got suspended. Can we stop? Can we just, can we get rid of the word bitch? Just eliminate that from our vocabulary. That would, that would be wonderful. That would be absolutely wonderful. And not to mention that you got beat by the Lakers in the play-in tournament. What is going on in Minnesota? The lights were too bright and you melted down. Minnesota Timberwolves, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Linesman, Konstantin Hatsidakis. Who? Remember that name because you'll never hear it again. Halftime, Liverpool Arsenal. This gentleman, Hatsidakis. It's fun to say. He's a linesman. Walking past Andy Robertson. Known irritant, but quality player. You can't tell if anything was said. It doesn't look like it. All of a sudden, Hatsidakis throws an elbow at a player. Mr. Robertson. You can't do that. You as a linesman, you as an official, you cannot throw an elbow at a player. Never, ever, ever, ever. He could could call you a bitch. You know, he could call you a bitch. It doesn't matter. You cannot let your emotions get the best of you. Never, ever, ever, ever. Yeah, I don't care if you're an Arsenal fan and Robertson plays for Liverpool. I don't care. Never, ever, ever, ever are you allowed to take a shot, take a swing at a player. Konstantin Hatsidakis, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, New York Red Bull. In your matchup against the San Jose Quakes, a racial epithet was said toward Jeremy Eboise. I apologize if I mispronounced that. Ebobise. My apologies, Jeremy. But a racist remark was made. Not only was the player not removed from the game, but the coach didn't seem the big deal and issued a limp-wristed, milk-toast apology for an error in judgment. Really? That's pretty bad. That's not an error in judgment. That's, That's condoning racism. Condoning racism is not an error in judgment, you schmuck. That's Gerhard not okay. Struber. No, Gerhard Struber, that's not okay. That's not okay. New York Red Bulls, you got some learning to do. You are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to our Twitter page at FadeRoutDNZ and you vote and vote and vote and vote. And for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better.
love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043, and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. Order up! It is time for us to order up. Order up, order up. This week, we are going to the video game side of sports, and we're going to talk about and order up our favorite pro wrestling games. From five to one, what do you got, D? All right, so I'm going to start real old school. I'm going Royal Rumble on the Super Nintendo. Had Bret Hart, Undertaker, Ric Flair, Million Dollar Man, Macho Man Randy Savage, and the list goes on and on. Excellent, excellent game. Then, the step up from that at number four, I've got Monday Night Raw for Super Nintendo. You had Doink the Clown, you had One, Two, Three Kid, it had finishers, and then it had also super finishers. Now, number three, this is when the game changed, man. WCW NWO Revenge man that game changed it you had this was the game that started it all you had the new the new engine you had Aki man you had fatal four ways changed the game number two for me Wrestlemania 2000 finally they had the WCW NWO engine with the WWF wrestlers and it was a dream come true. And number one, I'm still playing it today. No mercy, man. It's the best of all time. Ladder matches, first blood, uh, Royal Rumbles. You can counter finishers. Amazing. And then runners up, I've got WCW, NWO. Um, uh, and then I've got uh, WWE All-Stars. Nice. We have... Well, we have a, a lot of crossover. Now, the question is the order. I'm going to start with number five. Pro Wrestling for the Nintendo. Okay. Old school. That had Fucking Ultimate Star Warrior? Man. Did that have Ultimate Warrior? It didn't have Ultimate Warrior, but it had, you know, you had... Uh, you had Hogan? your... Your guy, no, this, this this was the independent game from Pro Wrestler from uh, I, Nintendo. I so, like Starman I, and okay. just like, you know, Hayabusa, like not that okay. Hayabusa, not the real Hayabusa, the other guy, just loosely based on 
real wrestlers. It was it was a very good game, and you still play it to this day. If you're on, if you have Nintendo Switch, you can go into the classics. You can definitely find it. Or if you have a a retro Nintendo, it's one of the games that's preloaded on there. So definitely give it a try. Recently, maybe about a year or two ago, Virgil actually went to an independent wrestling event as Starman. He was revealed. You know he was wrestling at the event as Starman took off his uh, mask and oh shit there's Virgil just for Virgil nice meat sauce Mike congratulations number four I'm with you on Royal Rumble for the Super Nintendo I think we oh, actually I, I think I actually played that at your house uh, probably up, so. all the time <laughs> probably yeah so I think you also had Luger you had to you had yep. Tatanka you had yep. Macho Man you had Yoko so Zuna. many guys. Yoko. I'm pretty sure Yokozuna was in that too. It was a big yeah. deal to do the bonsai drop from the corner. Yeah, Kona Crush. Like you had a lot of yep. a lot of superstars. And you know, it was it was a step above WrestleMania, the arcade game. It wasn't as Mortal Kombat-y. It wasn't super fight. It wasn't like a fighting game. Like that's the main difference for me between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania the arcade game. It was a little bit more true to what professional wrestling is. Number three, going a little bit mo- more modern, SmackDown, here comes the paint, right? A more modern approach, more match types, not only WWE superstars from, the, from that time, you had your Lesnar, you had your Angle, you had you know the modern roster, but you also had your fair share of legends. That was the real, the first introduction of legends into like the idea of it. So a really good story mode. Here Comes the Pain was a good one. Number two, I'm going WCW MWO Revenge. It was was the platform on which number one was built. So you were able to do a little bit of customization. You were able to do a little bit of creation. You You had a story mode with the belts. You can go after a title. You were able to unlock certain wrestlers. Especially if you had a Game Shark. Now we're now I'm going now we're going really old school with the Game Shark. You can get the Wrath code. You can actually, you know, get Wrath. He was a downloadable character. You can turn Mortis into Canyon. There are a lot of different things going on there. And number one, WWF No Mercy. Like, come on, man. So good. Like, it's come so on. Good. It's such a good game. You can create titles. You can create pay-per-views. You can, you know. You could do so much with that, and it's still fun. It is still fun to this day, and you know, I, it's just nostalgic, man. We, I used to go over to your house. We used to go over to our boys' house. We used to hang out and just play that game. And like, it's it speaks to childhood and the innocence of it, and just like a bunch of guys just hanging out, having fun, and still a fantastic game, and like. I would definitely be down to play. Like that's, you know, that's it goes without question that that is far and away the best of the best. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week.
Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.